Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Off the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm Mike Mayer. Appreciate you all tuning in. Really uh, kind of uh, heading into a momentous week in really uh, the new era of WWE getting out of the pandemic era granted COVID-19 is not over but just insane under a week live fans Houston Texas and then we're gonna have money in the bank that Sunday and Monday Night Raw uh, a week from Monday like this is just it's kind of surreal to you know be in this time where a lot of things have just just drastically changed um and it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of just dedication from so many different people um, to get to this point. But I, I, I know it's a joyful time. Everybody's really happy. But I, I, I unfortunately, I have to start off with just news that kind of rocked the pro wrestling world and just really just deeply saddening news um, on Friday afternoon that came out that Bailey sustained an injury, a significant one that is going to put her out of action for nine months and um i mean it's just like i mean what can you say ba- bailey if you take away roman reigns she's the mvp of the pandemic pc thunderdome era i mean she went into this pandemic she was the women's champion she basically spent almost half of it as the women's champion ended up her reign at 380 days i believe and it was the longest women's championship reign in the history of SmackDown. She really carried the women's division along with Sasha Banks and then sort of helped Bianca Be- Bianca Belair become this superstar that she has become. Like, the her, Bianca's first real feud moving to SmackDown in the draft that really started her push and this ascent to where she is now was Bayley. And then Bianca wins the Women's Royal Rumble. She faces Sasha Banks and wins the Women's Championship. And then she has two really awesome matches with Bayley. And they were going to have a third one. Granted, this feud was kind of overplayed because there's just no women in the SmackDown women's division. But, I mean, it's just... I, I was really looking forward to the I Quit match at Money in the Bank. And it's just it's heartbreaking. It really is to see one of the most respected and talented women, not just women, actually, one of the most respected and talented performers in all of WWE, bust her ass from the empty shows to the the plant fans where they were the performance center trainees to the Thunderdome, and for her to come down with this injury a week before we go back to live fans is just utterly heartbreaking. If there was anybody outside of Roman Reigns, and yes, and, and Roman Reigns wasn't really there for like the first four months of this thing. He came back at SummerSlam last year, and he's been great ever since. Bailey was there the entire time. The entire time. So for her to have this happen to her, it's just, it's it's honestly, 
a gut punch. It really is because without her, I don't know where the hell the women's division would have been last year. Because think about this for a second. Let's just let's just think about this for a second. Becky Lynch was arguably the face of the women's division pretty much since 2019 when she became the man she won both championships she beat ronda rousey and charlotte in a triple threat becky lynch is pregnant in may and hasn't been seen on television since charlotte flair who's the most accomplished woman in the women's division and depending on how you want to look at she may be the most popular one because of uh her lineage being the daughter of rick flair Charlotte Flair was gone in June or July due to, and she took some time off and didn't come back until the end of the year. Sasha Banks was in a tag team with Bailey and was one of the most entertaining things that was going at WWE. And then they had their, their breakup feud in Hell in a Cell. It was one of the matches of the year. You think about all of that, and then, like I said, her helping the build and the push of Bianca Belair to superstardom as one of the faces of the women's division culminating in this trilogy of matches that they've had together. And yes, it's been overplayed, but I've been really entertained by what they've done. They have great chemistry and Bailey basically has great chemistry with any person she's in the ring. She can have a match with anybody. It's just like you think about all of these things. It's just so cruel that this happens right before they go back to live fans. Bailey's got a great attitude about it. She put something up on her Instagram and Twitter with a video saying, what's nine, nine more months of waiting for fans going to be for me? So I, I wish Bailey the speediest recovery. I mean, it, she's beloved in the, in the backstage with not just by the women. Like you could see that all over social media on Friday, but Biggie on SmackDown, he didn't even have to do this comes out to the ring to, to commentate for a match and is wearing a ding dong Bailey uh ding dong hello Bailey t-shirt like that just gives you an idea of how much this woman is beloved and how hard she works and how much effort she's put in because we've talked about it consistently throughout this pandemic on this show and you've heard it on many other shows like busted open or any other wrestling podcast that you listen to this has been a just a incredibly difficult time not just for wrestling for anybody so to be doing this consistently for 15 months with hardly any fans, basically the only time you ever saw fans in WWE since COVID-19 really became a thing was WrestleMania, and that was a partially filled stadium, at least in WWE. I mean, you've seen crowds kind of in AEW at Daly's Place, and then they obviously had their first road show this week. So for that to happen, it's just heartbreaking. And I, and I feel for Bailey. The support has been insane. I wish her the speediest recovery uh, for the role model. Um, I mean, it's it, it, it's cruel. It's a bump in the road. Um, I hate that this happened on a in, in a, just a freak accident type of a situation as training to just go back on the road. It, I mean, if it happened in the ring, it would have even felt worse. But the fact that this was just training to just get back to what everybody's been fighting for for 15 months, it stinks. It really stinks. But what does it mean? I mean, a lot of changes uh, because, um, as I mentioned, uh, Bailey and Bianca Belair were going to have their uh, really like their quote unquote blow off match at Money in the Bank. Uh, and I quit only the second women's I quit match ever. So that would have been kind of historic in its own right. Um, 
obviously the expectation is Bailey was going to lose the match and it, Bianca Belair was going to move on with Sasha Banks. Obviously, that's now changed. And SmackDown presented a lot of interesting things this week. Um, this was one I had some questions about. So Sonya Deville uh, comes out and announces that Carmella is in fact going to face Bianca Belair not at Money in the Bank. The, the match is off the Money in the Bank card altogether. Uh, and so it's going to be Bianca Belair and Carmella. And I think Carmella is actually more than qualified, and I think it's a good choice to go with her, an experienced person in a big-time spot. Granted, it won't be on pay-per-view or on the, net- on the network on Peacock. It'll be the first live live show in front of fans in over a year. So I, I think it's a smart move by WWE, but how they presented this is what I had an issue with because Sony just brings Carmella out to the ring Carmella's starting to taunt people because she's playing into the gimmick that she's the most beautiful woman in WWE. Obviously, and then Liv Morgan comes out, and obviously she's got issues with, um, she's got issues with Carmella, and she's won matches against the two smack the who were the two SmackDown participants in the Money in the Bank match at the time. And I was thinking, watching this, I was like, wait a second, Carmella, she's more than qualified, but wait, she's gonna have a Money in the Bank opportunity. After having a women's championship match two days before, that doesn't make any sense. They didn't announce it or anything. And that's why I was like, it was weird the way they presented it. Liv comes out, kind of berates Sonya Deville, a WWE official, and Sonya says, well, if you would have let me finish, Carmella's out of the match. You're Carmella's replacement. Now, obviously, and and I've seen reports confirmed by uh, Pro Wrestling Unlimited and a lot of other places that Liv was always going to be in this match. She was always going to be in the Money in the Bank, and it was kind of obvious. They didn't have really many options on SmackDown in terms of who they were going to put in this match. It probably got, like, the storyline kind of got moved forward a little bit quicker because of the nature of what I just talked about with Bailey. That just threw everything up in the air, and WWE was scrambling. And I'm willing to kind of give them a little bit of an, a pass here in what happened in this whole regard. But here, here's the issue. Here's the issue that I have. Like, it really is... The, the one of the main problems I have with all of uh what what transpired in this segment is that it kind of makes Liv Morgan it, it kind of makes her look like she's an afterthought oh yeah by the way you're the replacement for Carmella you're not you didn't earn your way into this match after after all you beat Selena Vega and you beat Carmella who were the two participants in the match like I alluded to so I get it was kind of a scramble there at the end, but it didn't make Liv look the best at all. And frankly, she's got a really good chance of winning this match. She really does. So, I mean, I'm cool with it. I think Carmella is a great challenger. Um, And um, for Bianca Belair, I will assume that Bianca Belair is going to win. And ultimately, I think Sasha Banks is the end game at SummerSlam. That would be a fantastic match. They had one of the best women's matches ever at WrestleMania. I talked about it on this show. Um, but it's just, man, my, my issue is just, like I said, they, they, it doesn't make Liv look the best and doesn't present her as like a feasible threat, even though we kind I kind of think she is to win this money in the bank ladder match. What, what intrigues me about this whole scenario of what has transpired here in the last 24 to 48 hours, the initial plan was going to be to have one open spot. Because Liv was going to be announced for this match. It was going to probably be Carmella and Zelina Vega with 
on SmackDown with Liv Morgan being added as well. You've got Nikki Ash and Alexa Bliss along with Naomi and Asuka from Raw. And there was going to be one spot open. Now there's two. I think one of these spots is going to Becky Lynch. I mean, why else would they put this off until the first show in front of fans? Like, people are going to go crazy. And it's kind of a full circle thing for Becky Lynch because Becky hasn't been seen since May when her title was in the Money in the Bank briefcase and she basically relinquished it to Asuka because Asuka won the Money in the Bank briefcase last year, really at the start of this whole thing. So I think that's kind of a given. You could maybe give it to an NXT person, maybe uh, one of the NXT call-ups that I'll talk about that were called up uh, on this past week's SmackDown on Friday. Maybe that's what happens here. I don't know firmly what's going to happen here um but it'll nonetheless be interesting maybe maybe Sasha Banks get it but gets it but I I think the smart play here is to have Sasha Banks return um on next Friday Smackdown after the women's championship match between Bianca Belair and Carmella and either Sasha just has a face-to-face stare down with Bianca or she attacks her I mean whatever you want to do like I think that's what's going to happen here so I'm really intrigued to see what happens um, then we get to, uh, uh, the men's money in the bank field is set now. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, qualifies, uh, him and Rick Boogs. I, I, I think it was a given that they were going to qualify, but did he have to be King Corbin? I mean, I get the whole story. By the way, they made King Corbin likable, which I never thought was possible. And he's done some of the most intriguing character work in WWE and some of the best stuff of his career in the last month since losing that crown. So credit to King Corbin. I think that's a really interesting storyline to monitor and where they're going to go with it. But yeah, uh, Nakamura getting the win in a decent little match uh, to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. Um, And then Seth Rollins. I don't know why they had to do Seth Cesaro. I mean, I'm not going to complain about those two wrestling. I mean, but it's been done to death. But I mean, those two had just another banger of a match. Um, And I mean, Cesaro even bled in the match, took a turnbuckle to the face he was bleeding all uh, stone cold steve austin was kind of a badass performance from cesaro but seth wins and believe it or not he's only qualified for this is only his second money in the bank match the the last one was 2014 when he won it and then cashed it in at the next year's wrestlemania so this is kind of wild that seth is gonna be in money in the bank again for only the second time and he had a little interesting confrontation with Edge. They've already kind of been teasing this through Edge jumping the line to get his opportunity at Money in the Bank uh, against Roman Reigns. Uh, and Seth was uh, advocating for that opportunity, but now he's in Money in the Bank. So that leads me to this. I don't usually do hot takes on this show. Like, I'm not really into that type of stuff. I mean, I like to make predictions, but I, I, I kind of think that this is a little bit of a hot take here because a lot of predictions going around. I mean, I, I don't know who I'm going to have winning the women's money in the bank match because that field hasn't been completed. I'm making speculation. I think Becky Lynch is going to be involved. I don't know for a fact. But nonetheless, it's very interesting. When it comes to the men's money in the bank match, a lot of people seem to think that Big E should win this match. And I, 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 I kind of tend to agree with them because Big E is more than deserving of that opportunity. But given what has been seen through talking smack through smackdown through seth rollins qualifying for money in the bank this past friday on smackdown and the field now being complete 
I've had a lot of chance to think about it. Like I said, I don't do hot takes, but here it goes. I think Seth Rollins is winning money in the bank this year. Now, you can get mad at me, all the Big E fans saying, oh, man, Big E deserves it. Why does Seth need it? He's accomplished so much. Here's why I think Seth Rollins is winning this match. Uh, and by the way, it's going to be amazing. Like, all the participants in this match, Drew McIntyre, um, Riddle, Ricochet, John Morrison, Kevin Owens, Big E, uh, Shinsuke, and Seth. This is going to be an unbelievable match. But here's why I think Seth is going to win this, uh, this Money in the Bank match. Um, I think that he's going to win for one. It's going to be early on in the night. I don't know if it's going to be the first match somewhere in the middle of the show. Roman edge is going to main event this show. We've known that for a while. I think we're going to see the heist of the century part two, or at least an attempt at it where Seth Rollins is some point in the main event is going to march down to the ring, run down to the ring and try to cash in, make it a triple threat again only this time, he's going to go for the stop. He's going to try and pin Roman again, and Edge is going to break up the cover. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's break it up, pull the ref out, something to cost Seth the match. Roman is going to either pin edge, pin Seth, whatever. It doesn't matter. Roman's going to win because we know he's going to face John Cena. And this will set up Seth Rollins and Edge at SummerSlam. I think it's it makes a ton of sense. I think it's the, the most logical piece of booking that you can do. I mean, the heist of the century happened seven years ago. And Seth, on top of it, already hinted at it. So this makes a ton of sense to happen. And believe me, I want to see Big E win this match more than anybody. I would love to see somebody else who hasn't won the briefcase. But right now, given everything that we have seen in the buildup to Money in the Bank, I think Seth Rollins winning and cashing in that night, trying to pull off the heist of the century on Roman, which he did previously at that WrestleMania, WrestleMania 31 in San Francisco. I just think it makes a ton of sense. So we'll see what happens, but I, I just think especially if the plan is to be Seth and Edge at SummerSlam, it'll just feed into that already simmering feud that they're already teasing at. It's just, just going to tantalize and just 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 tease everybody and just make everybody go crazy over the possibility of Edge and Seth facing each other at SummerSlam. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. I can't wait for Money in the Bank. Like I said, that Money in the Bank match is going to be insane. 
I mentioned the eight participants, all the athleticism that's going on in that match. You got Ricochet and Morrison who can do crazy stuff. You got Kevin Owens in that match. Nakamura is a great striker. You got the power of Big E and McIntyre as well. Like it's it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait for that that match, and I can't wait to see a, a live crowd be able to react to that type of stuff. All right, um, start of the show of SmackDown was really interesting to me. I know we kind of we kind of started off with the middle of the show with Bailey and how that tied into the women's stuff, but start of the show was interesting because I talked about it on this show. I felt that Jimmy Uso should not be on television. Uh, after blowing a point two zero over that in in Florida, which is like three times above the legal limit, um, second DUI in two years. I mean, what are we doing here? And so he's the second person that you see on your television screen. Why? I don't know. Um, I mean, he's obviously an integral part of the storyline, but he wasn't needed there. It was Paul Heyman, and then it was Jey Uso. Like or Jimmy Uso, excuse me. And Jey Uso comes back, and the family reunites in the ring, which is awesome. I mean, I think that's great. And Roman being the manipulative heel and manipulating his two cousins, I think is a fascinating storyline, and I've loved every minute of what Roman Reigns has done. But Jey Uso's involvement really pissed me off here because it's like, okay, you're going to give this guy a slap on the wrist? He clearly needs help, and that's not okay. Like, it's reckless behavior and somebody could have gotten significantly hurt. And now what you're, you're giving him a slap on the wrist and putting him on television in a prominent storyline three days later. I thought there was a half bit of a chance that in that opening segment with Jay Uso returning, that they were just going to beat up Jimmy and write him off television, but they didn't, they didn't. And it didn't make any sense. I like Jimmy Uso, but they're, they're, this is not logical at all. To have a guy who has brought bad PR to your to your company and you just give him a slap on the wrist because he's in a prominent storyline. Maybe Roman has an impact on it and he has very he's very, very involved in the storylines that he's doing and it's it can easily be seen why, because they're so good and they're so much better than everything else that WWE's done in the last 14, 15 months. But to have Jimmy Uso so prominently involved in a show after he had this DUI was is to me it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. So really kind of an embarrassing thing there. But I did like the segment. I did like the content that was on the screen. I just didn't think Jimmy Uso needed to be there. I I, under, I mean, given what they set up, I get it. But it's just like, it, it's not a good look at all. It really isn't. Um, I love the closing segment where Edge calls out Roman Reigns. Um, and um, they, they tease a face off. The Usos come out thinking it's a trap. Uh, Roman didn't want them there. Roman and Edge face off. They come to blows. And then all of a sudden, the Mysterios are there. Holy crap, they haven't been on television in a while since Roman kicked the crap out of them. So that was great. And it was announced on Talking Smack on Saturday morning. We're getting Edge and the Mysterios against Roman and the Usos in the in presumably what's going to be the main event of the first SmackDown in front of fans in Houston next week. Holy crap, that is an awesome, awesome move. I mean, all this, the history between Edge and Ray is awesome, so seeing them team up together, they're former tag team champions, um, and they, they had a, a great storyline and had some great matches together in the past, so I, I think this is a great move. I really, really enjoyed that closing segment. A great last segment, last sort of image with Edge just beating the crap out of the Usos, 
and doing his little cross face with the bottom portion of the chair uh, to set up uh, what's going to be a great SmackDown uh, first one in front of fans. That's great. Um, I talked about the women. I mean, uh, WWE, I guess, Bailey getting hurt kind of forced their hand to kind of reload on the women's division because they had three prominent NXT call-ups announced. Um, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, now known as Shotzi and Knox, which I don't get why they have to change everybody's name. But they go up and they beat um, Natalia and Tamina, the tag team champions. And that's great. Uh, my issue with this, and this is kind of just representative of the times and just they were kind of desperate to bring some people up. So Tegan Knox, or Knox as she's called now. So Tegan Knox literally just came back at the Great American Bash NXT television on Tuesday and was teasing a feud with Candice LeRae as her comeback feud. And now she's called up to the main roster as part of a tag team. Shotzi Blackheart was in a tag team that was an NXT Women's Tag Team Championship team with Ember Moon, who, by the way, has already been on the main roster. So, granted, Shotzi and Tegan worked really well together. I don't get why this was the pairing that they went with. But at the same time, I kind of understand because this is the same... The main roster doesn't watch NXT. It's very clear because they called up Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano as a tag team when they were feuding with each other in a blood feud that lasted over a couple of years. Uh, and the only reason why that call-up never finished was because uh, Tommaso Ciampa broke his neck and he was out for seven, eight months. So I'm not necessarily surprised by it, but it's just like, I mean... Shotzi and Ember could have been great on the main roster. I mean, maybe Ember's got something to prove in NXT, and her her not her main roster run didn't exactly light the world on fire. Um, but yeah, her. I think Shotzi and Tegan are going to get great reactions from fans, specifically Shotzi with the ta- with the army tank that she comes out on. So that'll be great. Um, but yeah, it's just Tegan Knox comes back. She's teasing something with Candice LeRae, and now she's gone, and Shotzi. She was already in a tag team, and they make a new tag team just because they want to. So it's it was weird. It was it was a little bit weird. Tony Storm coming up makes me really excited. I like all three of these call ups. These are three of my favorite female performers on the NXT brand. Tony Storm's ready for the main roster. Um, she's really got nothing left to prove in NXT. I mean, if you if you wanted to say that, I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to say it, that, oh, okay, she could, you know, potentially end up being an NXT Women's Champion and maybe challenging Raquel Gonzalez down the line. I mean, maybe. I'm just like, what, does she does she really need to? I mean, she already had a, she's already put on some great matches and helped get over Zoe Stark. And, I mean, she's done a lot of good in NXT. Um, and on top of it, like, she's basically got a, a feud to help get over Saray, the new Japanese star that they just brought over. Um, and it's basically going to amount to kind of like an enhancement match. I mean, like, I mean, it'll be a good match, but you can easily say that that's Tony Swan song in NXT and get her up to the main roster. I mean, they, it was a coming soon vignette. She just didn't debut. And I think she's going to be really good on the main roster, whether she's heel or face. Um, she's one of the best in the world and, uh, just don't screw her up like you did Rhea Ripley. And hopefully they can, they can heal up some of the collateral damage they've already done with Rhea Ripley and just this disastrous feud with Charlotte Flair but you know we'll see I mean it's just it's 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 gonna be really interesting to see what the hell happens going forward um with uh 
with the women's division. I, I think in the long run, SmackDown's women's division will be fine without Bailey. But losing a performer, as I said to start off the show, is is a gut punch not only to all the women on in WWE, but also just all the men in WWE who seriously beloved her. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But I'm excited to see Tony Storm, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox on the main roster. All right. Wanted to wrap up the show here. Um, it's uh, really the last show of uh, the, you know, it's the last show is of the Thunderdome PC pandemic era is Monday um, with Monday Night Raw. And it was already taped. Um, Bailey actually put up... Uh, them sort of taking down the Thunderdome um, in Tampa um, this week because uh, uh, the reports were that this Raw is not, in fact, going to be live. They taped it um, so they can actually get on the road um, to Houston uh, on Friday. So that, that'll that be, uh, like I said, I'm just so excited for that. But I, what I want to do right now is I just want to reflect on what's been going on in the last 15 months because – it's just reminded me, and, I, and I'm sure it's reminded a lot of wrestling fans like you who listen to this show, that the fan, more than anything, is so important to the experience. And, I mean, I can't imagine what it's been like to be a professional wrestler. I mean, hell, I can't imagine what it's been like to be an athlete. And sometimes you're performing in front of limited capacity or nobody. So... But when it comes to WWE specifically, since like AEW's kind of already broken down that barrier, they're on the road. They've got a great show coming up on Wednesday, Fighter Fest Night 1 in Cedar Park in Texas. It's going to be a huge week in Texas for wrestling, so that's awesome. But I just I think back to literally within week, within days and weeks of COVID-19 sort of breaking out here in the United States and all around the world. WWE moved WrestleMania from Tampa. They were getting ready to set everything up and send their trucks out there. And they called an audible, brought everything back to the Performance Center, and did WrestleMania at the Performance Center with nobody. And to me, to me, like you, you we may not remember a, a hell of a lot from what, what's happened in the last 14, 15 months of the pandemic era of pro wrestling, but... I hope people understand that, and, and we've criticized WWE for any amount of things. I mean, for God's sakes, Malachi Black, losing him, releasing Braun Strowman, all these releases. Like, we can criticize WWE for that. One thing that can we cannot criticize them for is how much time and effort, given in a short window, they put into WrestleMania last year. WrestleMania 36. In an empty freaking building. I don't think WWE gets enough credit for what they've accomplished there. Like, there were some okay matches that didn't really make sense. Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley was eh. King Corbin, at the time King Corbin, taking on Elias. Like, there was some stuff that was that didn't work. But it was a success. And given the short time window that WWE had to pull that off and execute a show with nobody, let alone their biggest show of the year, WrestleMania, in an empty performance center, to me is one of the greatest accomplishments they've ever done, they've ever had. And I don't think that's something that anybody can discredit them for. Like they've made WWE is 
pissed us off for so long. But to do what they did last year at WrestleMania, that to me is gonna what's going to be one of my fondest memories of this COVID-19 pandemic Thunderdome era. Because the short time window that they had to execute that, doing two matches cinematically, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse, that had never been done before, and doing them really well, and being able to pull it off in that fashion is just nothing short of remarkable. It really is. So I give them a ton of credit. The other thing I want to say before I go, um, we've already seen one idiot fan get socked in the face. He was trying to please Jim Cornette, but he got socked in the face by Chris Jericho at the AEW event in Miami this past week. Don't be that guy. I know that these things are going to happen and pop up because everybody's excited to be back and seeing wrestlers and not be on television screens and just be seeing virtual television screens and, and we're actually being able physically to see our favorite WWE, AEW superstars. Don't be that guy. Be smart. Understand how much we have fought in the last 15 months to get to what we're going to see on Friday night in in Houston. Because... I, I just think about all of the times that we see piped in crowd noise that I'm not going to miss or like virtual TV screens. Granted, the Thunderdome, I, and that's another thing with WWE. Great creation by them, very innovative, and it worked. But I'm tired of it. So just don't be a moron and and kind of just jump the guardrail or be stupid. I know we've seen fan incidents and these are going to happen, but don't be that guy, Okay. That's, that's the one thing that I say. And just understand where we were 15 months ago and where we're going to be next Friday night. So that's what my message to everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Looking forward to some great content coming up uh, later in the week. I'm going to have an opportunity to interview Matt Hardy ahead of his huge match at Fighter Fest against, um, against Christian Cage at uh, Fighter Fest Night 1 in Cedar Park. A huge week of wrestling in Texas. You got Fighter Fest on Wednesday. You got uh, SmackDown in Houston on Friday. Money in the Bank in Fourth Ward Sunday. And then Dallas, Monday Night Raw next Monday. So exciting stuff in the world of professional wrestling. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, if you are fortunate enough to be at one of those live shows where back uh, WWE's Return to the Road, uh, be smart, like I said, but good for you and enjoy yourself. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll talk to you guys uh, very soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.